because the whole thing is, you know, is negative. It's black. It's a black drop. So I told my wife, this will be the biggest flop or it'll be one of the best. I don't know which. But inwardly, my real feeling was the saints have the ability to take this word. I really felt so. So you can tell I didn't hesitate to uh, get into things that, you know, normally you'd worry if you offend people and so forth. And the testifying to me was a real, uh, it was a real uh, confirmation that you got a vision. You see, you got a vision. I, I, from your testifying, you can tell there was a vision there. You see, you got a vision. Don't, I don't know how you do it, but when you get into the Word, you get a vision like this. Uh, now, whenever you get into the Word concerning Christ and or, and or the church, this will have more meaning to you. Right? It will have more depth to you. Now, uh, you see all the testimonies, you can tell... Uh, they, they really put the meat on the bones. They filled in all the gaps. You see, I, you said so many things uh, I couldn't say. I couldn't stop. I couldn't do, you know, uh, I, I don't have the utterance. But through all the saints prophesying, you can see, uh, you see, the vision came. Don't you see? Now, not only did the vision come, but that's just the beginning. See, now you have the basis for the vision. You have that basic thing. Now, for the rest of your time, you see, this vision will just grow. You'll see what Christ is, what the church is, and you'll see what the substitutes are and what we have to stand against. This will keep us in the healthy condition, right? This will just grow, you see. It'll just grow and grow and grow, and the church will be produced out of this. Okay, now we have a little time left, and, and somebody uh, uh, suggested we have a little time for some questions and answers about anything uh, related today or not related to today. So if uh, you have some, uh, we can t- spend a little time. If you don't, well, then uh, we'll stop. Uh-huh. The apparition of what? Okay. Uh, <laughs> that apparition. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, let me just tell you the the overall general spiritual principle. Okay. Anything you can see with your eyes is false. Peter said in 1 Peter to the believers, he said, Whom having not seen you love and rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, uh, excuse me, 5, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Paul said in Colossians that 
those were vain those people there were vainly puffed up in the mind of their flesh talking about things which they have seen okay the real things spiritually are the unseen things Christ is seen that is true spiritually speaking he is perceived by revelation in our spirit but this is not a physical form we do not when we say i have a vision of christ we do not mean i have a vision of what he looks like we have a vision of who he is what he's done and what his attributes and virtues are we do not uh, uh, have in our mind a picture of a face no See, even 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 uh, Paul said in Second Corinthians four that that uh, that he had seen the light of the glory of the gospel of God. He saw it where in the face of Jesus Christ. This is not, you see, the face, the physical face. Okay, but this is the face of of the revelation of seeing Christ. Anything configured mentally is wrong, is off. To say nothing, that's just mentally, you see. We should not have a... That's why when when somebody draws a picture and you see a painting, then are are not these pictures? Is that not an image? Uh, It's... uh, uh, first Timothy said in First Timothy that uh, you know uh, he called God the invisible God. Right. See, he's the invisible God. Right. And then in John it says God is spirit. You can't see the spirit. That's right. See. So what does God look like? You think old man, beard, so forth. That's what the pictures say. And what does Jesus look like? He looks like you know they've all taken some drawing. And 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 uh, he he's he's quite a he's quite a you know uh, I don't know the right word it's a, uh, he's just a very fair uh, looking very nice looking person uh, no blemishes no uh, you know just real and so forth uh, this this is uh, just just that it's a picture is serious okay. Paul, who was in the first generation of the apostles, okay? Paul, who was so much involved in those early stages when Christ was still living on the earth, he said, he said, yes, I mean, he said in 2 Corinthians, he said, yes, we have known Christ in the flesh. That means they knew him when he was living on the earth. The apostles knew him in the flesh. He said, henceforth, we know him in the flesh no longer. We don't know him this way. You see? Now, here we are. We inherit the truth of all of the New Testament revelation. We inherit that. Now, one bit of it relates to a physical thing. That's right. You see? Anything you can conjure, you can be sure that's not right. Whatever your mind can conjure, because we're worshiping the reality, you see, of Christ. When we say we see Christ in the church, we see Christ in the saints. We don't mean we see Christ in physical features. And so we see what the reality, the virtues, the excellencies. The uh, they're coming out as displays, but they're they're absolutely not 
anything that's physical, seeable, tangible like that. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a reality conveyed to you and it witnesses to your spirit. That's an expression of Christ. Right. You see, when we pray, when we contact the Lord through the Word, we get a registration. Christ is like this, you see. The, the Christ of the Dark Ages was mean, angry, and full of lightning bolts. The Christ that you read about after you, the Bible is open to you is one who's, who, who's loving, kind, sympathetic, uh, forgiving, and so forth. You see, then you see, oh, this person is not, this person is not mean. This person is uh, understanding, loving, and sympathetic. That doesn't mean you see the literal person. That means you see the reality of that person. That's invisible. So Peter said, whom having not seen, you love. How can that be? You perceived the essence of Christ through the Bible. You follow what I'm saying? Is it, is it wrong just to have a picture, or is it, um, or do you have to worship that picture? Or is it the same thing? Well, uh, d- different believers would say different things, and uh, we, we, uh, church people, we, we, we try to definitely uh, practice not to patrol what what you... I, I have been into saints' homes and they had a picture of Jesus. I have. Okay. So what do I do? See, I can't do that. I can't do that. Okay. To me, to me, in my conscience, that... That is idolatry. Okay, I can't do that. But someone else, it doesn't touch their conscience. Either, either I'm too much, or they're not enough, or something like that. The Lord knows. Okay, but to me, this is an image here. You see, the Bible is very explicit about an image. Okay, especially concerning the Godhead. Right. Very explicit. Okay. Then, uh, uh, if this is not the case, don't think God just was wondering, well, what should I say? Uh, I need to give Ten Commandments. What shall I say? Uh, okay, what, what did he say first of all? No other God. Okay, then what did he... No, that's right. And then what did he say second? I have no image. Okay, see, no other God, this eliminates idolatry. Right? No other God. I mean, no, any other God is an idol. An image, you see, an image is just a continuation right. of the first commandment. No image, because because this image is what is also an idol. You see. Now, if he wouldn't have said that, just that one word, the image, you should not make a graven image. Okay, you just eliminate that. Do you think, do you think the world, I mean, uh, the, the infiltration of all the images from Nimrod on down, it would never have been countered by a word from the Lord. Where would we be today? What would be the most popular thing on planet Earth? It would be images. And these images, eventually, the human nature, the human religious flesh, if I can use the term, gravitates to anything physical. You can see it. You can see it. 
You see, so you know, some people have a, a, a picture of a close friend, and you know, they're in another country, another state. They get out the picture, and sometimes they'll talk to them. You know, they'll say, oh, "Joe, I sure miss you a lot," or you know, Sally. I don't know what you're doing, but boy, I'm having a hard time here. I mean, it's just natural. You see, it 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 it, uh, it kicks you into a gear. It kicks you into a gear. You see. So there's a statue. You see, there's a statue. I can't even conceive that they would pray to a statue of quote a saint. Okay, like Saint, uh, you know what what Saint Anthony, Saint Patrick. I can't conceive of that. But it's done. You see, and the candles are lit. The candles are lit. Okay. Uh, see, I don't have time to cover all these things. You get into this book, and you'll find out where the candles came from. Okay, you'll find out. You see, you you will never see a candle in my house. You will not see a candle there. Not because I'm against light. Okay. No, no. Let me let me let me under, let me let me explain. You see. Okay, there was a period of time before electricity when to have a candle, uh, you know, in America was the way you saw after dark. Okay, okay. Do you think I have a problem with that? No. No. You see, I mean, you got to read. You got to. You got to see. You got to cook. You got whatever you got to do. Okay. Okay, the function for it to give light is one thing. Yeah. You see, today in the religious realm, those candles are not to give light. Those candles are burned as a kind of a uh, perfume, a kind of a sacrifice, a kind of a, uh, a ritual, you see. This, see, this has a source. Don't think the Catholic Church invented this. The Catholic Church incorporated this. The lighting of candles was very very prevailing. Okay, today we're in the age of electricity, so on the Christmas trees we put the Christmas lights. But there was a time when there were no lights. What do you think they put on the branches? Candles. Candles. You see, this was all part, and this wasn't this wasn't uh, secular. This was religious significance. Okay, to what? To worship the God of the Sun God, God of Light. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> That's why you see, if if there if if God in His wisdom would not have foreseen what would happen, and cut it off with these strong words, you, you see, we would just be a people of images because we gravitate this way. Okay, we do. And I have to be to give you a faithful word. I have to tell you when you have images, this is idolatry. When you have idolatry behind the idol is. Is the demon That's right. behind the idol? Is the demon? So we we should not fool around with with idols. Okay, behind that, it's not just nothing. There's a demonic essence there. Okay, if you go to some real dark places on this earth where they really bow down and worship the physical idols, you'll see a lot of cases of demon possession. These are not idols. Yeah, right. And so if you take that definition, I mean, it's like there's no idols. 
Yeah, right. But an idol becomes, what is an idol then? If nothing is an idol, Right. So That's I right. Really okay. See, let me go a step further, and and see, you can get an idea. It's just darkness. It's darkness. Okay. But listen, you see, why? Why would we have a picture of Jesus? Okay. Now, I'm not on a crusade against this. Okay. I'm not. If you've been around me ten years, I don't think you've heard this out of my mouth. Okay. No. But this is your question, so I'll give you an honest answer according to me. My, I mean, my conscience. Okay. Why would you? Why would? Why would this be here? Why would a picture of Jesus, either on the cross or, or in the air, or as a shepherd, or holding a lamb? Or why? Why is the picture there? To do what? What does it do? It's a reminder. Okay. Okay. It's there. It's there, and you you could you could feel. You see, uh, there you can see something. You see, it's quite it's quite uh, tangible. There you could see something. Uh, what this really what this really does is this is a kind of a this is a kind of a replacement of contacting. God in spirit. That's why he said in John 4, the true worshipers worship, you know, will worship me in spirit and in truth. Okay. Frankly, if if people go before idols or the apparition or the statues or whatever they are, whether they're married or the, some saint or something like this, or even of Jesus, mostly what you find there is not, <laughs> very rarely you would find the exercise of the Spirit to contact God in living prayer, what you would find is a kind of a state of meditation and uh, almost trance-like looking at this physical thing, you see. Then if prayer enters in, it's a mechanical prayer, you know, like they would say a Hail Mary type prayer or a Lord's Prayer or some, something, you know, memorized when they were a kid. Okay. You see, all of this, all of this, Unwittingly, they say, "Well, it's a reminder. It's a reminder of what? It's not a reminder of the invisible Christ living in us as a spirit. It is a reminder of uh, of a physical Christ that lived on this earth uh, two thousand years ago. Do you want to be reminded of the fact that He lived on the earth two thousand years ago, or do you want to have a present, up to date experience of Christ right now? Take 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 your choice." Okay, you're not reminded. You're not reminded. Oh, I need to spend time and contact him as the living one. You're not reminded of that. All you're reminded of, oh, he was a shepherd. He lived on the earth. That's right. He 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 was he, he was called the good shepherd, the shepherd, the the great shepherd of the sheep. Yeah, that's what he, he was like a shepherd. Sometimes he's a picture with the little children. He's he's see he was really a kind person. He loved all the little children. That's, in other words, that's the way he was on the earth 2,000 years ago. This, this is Satan's subtlety to bring us away from the reality of God himself who is spirit. God is spirit. Do you follow me? If not, we would be, all of us, I have no doubt, all of us would be nothing but statue and graven image and idol worshipers. And we would do it in the name of God, and it would be, it would be, 
Jesus. But it would it would not be in spirit and in truth. No. Okay. Besides that, that's not what he looks like. <laughs> Hey, uh, someone, someone else, I think, testified about coming out, or several did about coming out. Uh, saints, we have to come out. That's God's Word, come out of Babylon. You have to come out, okay? Why? Because nothing offends God more than something that's done or said that is supposed to be God, but is not God. That is uh, impostering God. That's why. That's why a God is not half so uh, disgusted with the the sin going on on Sixth Street in the bars as he is that with things that are being done in His name. People thinking that is the way God is, and God has zero relationship to it. If somebody does something in your name and you have no relation to it, whatever, and in fact you disagree with it, then that should offend you the most. See, so you have to come out. You have to come out. Come out. See, this is why this is, a, this is the, the, the harshest judgment is for Satan's religious system of counterfeiting the reality of Christ. You, you follow what I'm saying? Uh, but to come out of Babylon, you don't have to charge out of there right. and, and uh, you know, slaughter ten people on your way <laughs> across the goal line, okay? You don't need to do it. You can do it in a good way. You can do it in a nice way. You know, you know when we came out of Babylon, we, uh, our family and friends and so forth, we just came out. We had to go through... Uh, a few, a few difficult sessions to explain ourselves, but we did it not in a condemning way. We just said we have some convictions, and we uh, because now we we're forced to talk to you about it. We just share with you, uh, you know, what you feel is what you feel, and and uh, we, we're not going to have any problems. Okay. Mm-hmm. So of course everybody is a little offense. There's a little offense, but you know if you live a, if you live properly in a proper human way, eventually they're not going to stay upset. They'll be okay. Finally, it's no big deal. You see, none of my relatives have any bad feelings about any of the things. In fact, to tell you the truth, because we took a stand, even though they couldn't understand yeah, it right. in according to the Bible, just according to common sense, they said, "Boy, I just." They just realized, you know, we just we just put so much energy and worry and anxiety and effort into celebrating these festivals and doing these things and spending so much money. I said, and you know, every, you know, the best thing about some of these festivals is when they're over. Yeah. Everybody's so tired; they're disgusted with it. They hate it. You see, so they're glad when it's over. So. They kind of envy us because, uh, for human reasons. Yeah. <laughs> you see? <laughs> okay. Well, th- there's a lot of things here. <clears throat> you don't go around saying, "Listen, this is this is from 
paganism. Right. This is from paganism. Right. One day, my mother gave us a set of candle holders. You know these, a tall one and a shorter one. Or she, oh, you know, yeah. you know, those are beautiful, aren't those beautiful? <laughs> those are beautiful. I always thought they were beautiful. But see, uh, we have electricity in our house. <laughs> this is not the old west. Okay. So this, these are just ornamental. You see. Now there's a question right here. Okay. Now we're not lighting these. To a dead saint, we're not praying for the dead. We're not lighting a candle for a certain person that's in purgatory. We're not doing any of these things. Okay. Then, is this Babylonian or not? There's a real question. Is it or not? There's a. Some people feel one way. Some people feel another way. Don't say yes or no so absolutely on some things. You see, it takes it takes some real. Uh, going to the Lord personally and you have to be persuaded in your own mind. See, years before that gift came to us and I got into the truth and saw some of these things, I said, whether it's right, whether it's wrong, for me, I am not even going to take any chances. They are out. Okay, that's it. Well, they weren't never in, so, I mean, we just uh, never did that. So I've got a real problem. This is an expensive present. To me it was expensive, you know. And it and it was no doubt picked out with much consideration. It was not the slightest idea that this gave us a conscience problem. So one day my mother comes to visit our house. Of course she's looking for that. Well, it's a little it's a tense moment, you see. But saints, uh, you know, life is like a vapor. We don't have this long on earth. Okay, I know it's a little bit difficult for your age to think that you don't have forever, but you know my life is is over, half over. So you see, there's there's an end. Okay, the compromises will come back to be a big regret. Okay, so there's a little difficulty, and I I had to share. I said, you see, this bothers certain people. I said, even in the church, saints, uh, uh, I don't think I use the word saints, sir. I said, the, the uh, people, members in the church, you see, they come into our home all the time. Some of them have feelings that are bothered by this candle. They came from pagan countries. When they see a candle, they think of the Buddhist temple. Some of them are came from Catholicism. When they think of candles, they think of praying for the dead in purgatory. You see? So I, I can't I can't offend any of these saints. I have to take care of their conscience, and I have to take care of my conscience. So please understand. Okay. Well, of course, a little tense, but it's okay. No, nope, no big deal. Okay. But you don't have to say, "Mom, I appreciate the thought, but if you think I'm going to get caught in any idolatry, you got." <laughs> You take these things back, and uh, and you take these things back, and uh, if you want to be in idolatry, that's your problem. I'm not going to be that way. No, 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 no. <laughs> See, so don't don't judge. Don't go into somebody's house and judge. Okay, some things are borderline. I can't say. You see. I, 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 but anyway, you better be. You better be clear. Right. That too much? Am I being too strong? Okay.
Anything else? I'm just curious about, uh, you know, this idea of images and stuff and being demon-possessed because you're an image. What exactly does that mean? I mean, I'm not understanding, because, you know, we read about in the New Testament a lot of, you know, people being possessed by demons, and uh-huh. I'm wondering, that must still go on today. Uh-huh. And I'm just wondering, what exactly? You know, because I know they're not doing uh-huh. this or whatever, you know, they uh-huh. hear about, you know, something really freaky and everything. I'm sure, I'm just curious of how, like, if you have an image in your home or something like that. Uh-huh. I know a lot of my relatives in Brazil keep, you know, there's Mary and there's Jesus, uh-huh. Uh-huh. in their house. I'm just, but how would you, you know, is there any way to tell someone is, is demon possessed? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I would say a couple of things. First of all, first of all, uh, you know, the the uh, the so-called uh, area of theology called demonology is uh, is uh, really uh, takes on a little bit of the bizarre. Okay. I really, I really uh, would say. Avoid that. Most people, most people don't know what they're talking about. Okay. On the other hand, you can't deny that this existed in the Lord's day, and that it exists today. You can't deny that. Okay. Uh, basically, this way. Uh, uh, you see, it's real easy because in First John it says you can test the spirit, the spirits whether they be of God or not. This test is simple. Can you confess that Jesus Christ came in the flesh? See, if Jesus Christ came in the flesh and you can confess that, you see, then then uh, uh, there's no demon present, you see. Because if He came in the flesh, it was, it was His coming in the flesh and His death on the cross that undid the works of Satan, of darkness. So they can never confess that. Otherwise, they confess their own doom, okay, and their own termination. So they cannot confess that. So if anybody, you know, if they can confess, yes, Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, then this person is, 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 is uh, okay. Uh, people who really are into this in a heavy way, they have some pretty weird concepts. Really, that's not the case. Plus, uh, uh, the the real concentration of this kind of stuff is where there is really hardcore idolatry. Okay, hardcore idolatry, where you open yourself up to really commune with that image, that statue, or whatever that thing is. Okay, then this is where this is where the thing. <laughs> The things occur, okay. This. Yes. Yeah. This is the. This is the. This is the main concept. You see, you you open your being. This is why. This is why we always discourage, or or we tell people definitely, don't get into the realm of meditation. Meditation sounds harmless, but it's actually. Uh, devilish. Right. Don't don't meditate. The Bible never says uh, for us to uh, uh, go into a state of passiveness in our mind. If the Bible mentions the word meditate, 
like in the Psalms or something like this. Uh, David didn't say I was meditating upon nothing. He didn't say I meditated upon upon uh, a picture of black nothingness. He says, I meditated upon thy law, O Lord, day and night. Oh, that's different. He's meditating on the words of God. That's different. But to meditate in today's modern terminology means meaning. Where's, I'm addicted. Where's my... I need a fix. Where's my... Uh, okay. Uh, to, to, to meditate today, meaning to blank out. To, to chant some kind of dharma for two and a half hours, so that you so that you blank out. Uh, this opens you up to the realm where the uh, the demonic things can come in. You see, you're you're opening yourself up to whatever is out there. No, we don't do that. We don't allow our mind to get into that kind of state of altered consciousness. Okay. Uh, we don't do that, no. Uh, by doing that and even believing in a, some kind of power out there that is not the power that comes through the name of Jesus Christ, then, uh, yeah, you can touch something supernatural. But it won't be, it won't be, uh, you know, of God. So it will be the wrong spirit. Uh, the uh, characteristic outwardly of a person that uh, would have a trouble like this, number one, is uh, a person like this will give off a pretty strong registration. You will really, I mean, you won't just wonder about them. You'll, you'll have a real registration uh, about it. Uh, I, I don't know how to say it. I just know. I just know this is the case. Number two, this type of person is 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 uh, desperately thirsty. Desperately thirsty. This is why you, you see when the demons entered into all the uh, swine, the Lord cast them into the swine. They ran off the cliff to do what? They went to the water. Then he taught in Luke, he said yeah. that they, you know, the, the demons left the people and they, they went about into, uh, among waterless places and then they returned back because yeah. the, the house was void. Okay. Right. See, they, they, uh, they're related to water. Okay. The, the uh, inhabitants of this earth, when, uh, when the deluge came, when the flood came, you know, in Noah's time, put the whole inhabited earth under water, and these these beings uh, were those who lived in the water. You see, and uh, they became they became part of Satan's kingdom. But they their base is the water, whereas the evil spirits representing the fallen angels, their base is in the air. They are the principalities in the air. The demons base herself in the water. Okay, you follow me? That's why they're that's why a person yeah, right. for some way they just crave for water. Okay. I can tell you some pretty funny stories. Not funny, pretty unusual stories. Yeah. Huh? Uh you, I, th- I think you're a little uh maybe a little green for it. I, I don't wanna I don't want to scare you. Okay. 
uh, it was pretty shocking to me when it happened. But uh, uh, this person was out of their mind. It was unbelievable. Uh, most people in today's Pentecostal charismatic circles, they practice the casting out of demons. <laughs> they're casting out nothing more, if they're casting out anything, right. they're casting out nothing more than soulish weaknesses. Right. They say, well, there's a demon of smoking. It's just got a hold to me. Cast the demon of smoking out. Lord, cast the demon right. of headaches out. Right. You know, cast the demon of money lust out. There's a demon for Wall Street. There's a demon for this play. You know, cast the demon of, uh, you know, you name it. Right? right. right. So they, they, this, is, this is easy. I, see, this is Babylon because this makes Christ easy to eat. Just cast the demon out and you're, you're you, yeah, you got, you got healed, you got money, you got prosperity, you got all kind of good things. No, this is silly. You need to, you need to do what every brother and sister does. You need to deny the soul and, and, and experience the cross and take Christ as your life. Very simple. They're casting out things. They, they, what they're doing is they're taking the easy way so that they themselves don't have to deal with their personal flesh. So cast it out, whatever it is. You know, I, I lust after, uh, you know, I lust after uh, automobiles. I just, you know, cast that demon of the automobiles out. You just deal with your flesh and you'll be okay. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Because otherwise we'll stop. How much time do you have? <laughs> what's, your, what's your question first? Well, it's, not, it's kind of a different subject. But okay. Go ahead, real quick, and we'll see if we have time. Oh, well, with me, uh-huh. um, it said in the ministry, like, at the first meeting, that was your time to um, share with one another about your present condition or your spiritual uh-huh. progress. Um, but I've read some other ministry before, but it's, that it's not so good um, to share too much. All right, right. Person, right. So I wondered if you could give us some principles as far as. Um, oh yeah. Okay. Opening up. Uh, uh, when. Uh, excuse me. When, uh, when we come together in a group meeting, and let's let this be the last one. When we come together in a group meeting, number one, we don't want it to be without the family feeling. Because we're brothers and sisters in the same family. We're all children of God, right? So it is, it is good and it is proper to open up our needs, our personal needs. Be they inward, be they spiritual, be they physical, circumstantial, whatever they might be. If they are... If they are something that needs to be brought out so that we can have the strength of the body and the supply of the body for that, then this is okay, you see. Uh, How do you know whether that is or not? This is something you have to really ask the Lord. Is this something that I just bear myself or is this something for some more intimates to help to bear with me? Okay. If it's something you share, then uh, and, and and you've been before the Lord, and you feel like it's something I should share, then that sharing, you see, uh, is it, it it brings Christ into the meeting because people open up to you, 
you see, and they realize you're being really sincere and genuine and open. And so they would respond to you either through prayer or through sharing a, a word of encouragement or comfort or consolation or exhortation or whatever. Then you get some word like that. Now, the problem comes in, the problem you see right after this was shared in that same series, I know what you're talking about. Uh, right after that word was shared, there's no doubt that that uh, what what occurred was what usually happens when we hear a word that's that we try to experience the first time, and that is we push it to an extreme. Okay, what we do not do is we come to, is we do not come together and open ourselves up beyond a line. What is that line? The line is the spirit's leading. Amen. And the line is, I've opened up myself so much that uh, uh, it brings death. It brings it, it brings death into the meeting. Do you understand? Everybody just feels so. They, you, you feel so flat. You just feel so dead. You just feel to pray. I mean, someone. Okay, if I say, listen, listen, uh, and you brothers, we're in a, we're in a little small meeting together, and I say, uh, I've got a problem, and I. I describe my problem to you, uh, you know, in a way that instead of us really having a sense of Christ about it, boy, suddenly we're in our mind right. thinking, really, I have that same problem. <laughs> and uh, boy, ooh, that's ugly. And, and, and our mind just gets filled right. with the details and the ugliness of that, of that problem. See, this is not right. This is not right. Right. If I say, if I say, okay, Troy, I'm having a real struggle to overcome uh, a situation, uh, you see, and uh, it involves, uh, mm, it involves, let's say, a mammon, it involves money. And, uh, boy, there's just a power behind the dollar. It must be what the Lord talked about, about loving mammon. You can't serve two masters, Right. Anyway, I'm having a little struggle about that, uh, or I'm having a struggle about that, and I, I just just pray that I wouldn't be bound by the God of Mammon, okay, and the power behind it. Could you pray with me about that? Well, as a brother, you ought to be say yes, yes. You see, because just this week, you know, my boss said, if you will do this, I will give you this much more money. But I, I don't feel I should do that. You see, but the the money is attractive. So would you just pray with me? See, this is real opening, okay? But if I go and say, you know, you know, and I and I open myself beyond something that builds up, you see, you say, how do you know? You just know. You know, if you share something, you'll get help. You know, if you share something else, you'll just spread disease. You follow me? That's how you know. See, then that's why the second word that you read was, don't open up so much. You see, limit your opening up. What does this mean? Open up only according to that which is good for building up. The church is not a therapy group. It's not, it's not for that. If you've got a real definite personal problem, uh, seek out help in a proper way. There's somebody in the church that can give you some fellowship. Do that one-on-one, okay? Then they can really give you some help. But don't spread it among people who, who not only would kill, but they have no ability to even identify with you about it. See, that would be too much. Okay, So we have to use discernment. You see, it needs to be a good family time. Helpful, positive, 
uh, we're not we're, we're not only not perfect we all have our weaknesses but the meeting is not to display our weaknesses that's just if something is hindering our positive fellowship of Christ then we may open it up we may depending on the Lord's leading otherwise if it's not you know we have a lot of weaknesses nevertheless we still are enjoying the fellowship with the Lord okay we're just enjoying the Lord and waiting for Him to swallow up our weaknesses. There's nothing wrong with that. You see? Okay.